Not so fast, not so fast, not so fast. Oh, thank Thanks, Mike. Well, hello, Ipswich. Hello, Catalyst Church. Again, again, this is our home away from home. Wanda and I always love uh, being able to come. This is the longest stay that we've ever had here in Ipswich. And, uh, and Philip and Mandy are going, it's been a long stay. <laughs> but uh, we'll be heading back to California on Thursday of this week after a wonderful time, time together with you and, and time with the Lord and, and just reuniting with so many close friends. Some of you uh, I've known since we first started coming here to the church and some of you I've watched grow up, get married and now having your own. So uh, yeah, Jeez, what does that mean? <laughs> the Daniel plan. <laughs> uh, we're thankful for the Daniel plan, the Daniel plan. One thing I did learn, I'm gonna take just a moment here, is that every time I come, to Australia, obviously, I, I learn another new phrase or new saying or some new, several new words, some that I don't think are in the English language, but we work it out. And uh, this time, one day, Mandy was in the kitchen and she was talking and she was saying something about getting a little Scotty. And uh, my wife goes, well, well, Mandy, it's okay. You know, I mean, what do you mean? Scotty's he's fine with and she goes, no, I mean, getting a little Scotty. And so we said, well, what does that mean? She goes, well, it means cranky. So what I found out this trip is that basically my name means cranky. <laughs> so I'll try not to live up to it, okay? Uh, but uh, it's, it is the phrase I can take home with me and uh, use widely. Maybe not. I hope not. But if you have your Bibles, anyway, open to, to uh, Psalms 139. You know, it's wonderful to see the involvement of Catalyst in the community, in any church in the community. And we know that our communities need us. They need the churches. They need the truth. They need to be able... There's a lot of hurting people out there. A lot of them. They're everywhere. We have them all over the world. We even have them in my hometown of Woodland, believe it or not. They're hurting, and they need to hear the truth the real truth about what life has to offer and what God's all about and what it means to have Jesus in your life. And, you know, we not only need to share the truth, you know, somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm having some problems. Well, you know, you need Jesus. And they're like, okay, well, good luck. And we walk off. No, they need to not only know that they need to have Jesus in their life, but they also need to know how does that work? How do I make this thing work? How do I take and apply Jesus to my life to make my life be uh, better, to make me be all that God created me to be? It's, you know, we say pray, read your Bible, you know, go to church. Uh, you know, we all know that that works, but we've got to help people to understand how to make changes in their lives, changes for the better. And in Psalms 139, verse 14, uh, the psalmist David here, he says, he says, Lord, he says, I, I, I praise you or I thank you because I am so fearfully and wonderfully made. In another uh, version of the Bible, he says, Lord, I praise you for making me so complex. For making me so complex. So husbands, if you're sitting next to your wives right now, look at your wife and say, honey, you are so complex. <laughs> Yes. And wives, turn to your husbands and say, 
Thank you, dear, and you are so simple. But it's truth, isn't it? I mean, men, we're just like, switch on, switch off. Switch on, switch off. You know, okay, no. Okay, yeah. Our wives are just this massive maze of wires and knobs and gauges and switches. And, you know, I've been with my beautiful wife now actually a total of 50 years. We'll be celebrating 44 years of marriage next month. And, you know, and, and I haven't figured out anything. It's like I'm at ground zero. Uh, but we still work on it. It's what makes life exciting for us men. I don't know about the ladies if we're as exciting with them or not, but uh, it doesn't work that way. But we are. We're very complex. God made us complex. We have many, many facets to each and every one of us that makes us unique. And in order to do life the way that God wants us to do life, in order to be that all God wants us to be, what we have to do is we have to understand that we have to examine all the facets all the areas of our lives. Say all. all. Yeah, every once in a while, these lights are really nice and bright and stuff, but I can't see you. I don't know if you're making faces at me. I don't know what you're doing. But, you know, so I'll say something every once just to see if you're still here. That way I don't get Scotty. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've got to look at all of what is, is, makes us us. You know, and in Ecclesiastes 7, 7 18, in the, in the Message Bible, it says, a person who fears God deals responsibly with all of reality, not just a piece of it. See, we like to deal with the stuff about us that we like. We're not so good about dealing with the stuff about us that we don't like. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else wants us to do that, but we just refuse. Yeah. So that's what it says in the Word, though. A person who fears God deals responsibly with all of reality, not just a piece of it. So today, I want to take a look at, uh, at how that all works and how, you know, what God did uh, with each and every one of us. You remember the parable of the talents, of course, that we read and how God gave to one, you know, ten and one five and one one. I've always wondered in my heart of hearts, you know, which one would I have been? Would I have got the ten, the five, or the one? I'm pretty sure I'd have got the one. I would have gone and dug a hole and buried it and, you know, been faithful about it when, when uh, my master came back. But here's the thing is we need to understand is that there are different talents given to everybody. And I'm not responsible for the talents given to somebody else. But I am responsible for the talents that God has given to me. Right? I'm responsible to those things. I'm not going to be held accountable because, you know, he gave... Uh, my sister or my brother or somebody else, you know, 10 talents or whatever, I'm only going to be responsible for what he gave to me. And I'll stand before him and, and, and he'll, he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? And so that's how that all works. And I want to be able to say I did all with what you gave, what you gave me. You know, the only thing we all have in common is the one fact that we know that God loves us all. Amen. He, he cares about us all. That is that one situation. But, you know, as you see, I have, a, uh, I have some cards up here. How many of you ever play poker? All right. So there's myself and ten other sinners in the house. And the rest of you are lying, so we're actually all in the same boat. Poker. Well, there's a game in poker. It's called Five Card Stud. And in Five Card Stud, I read this in a book, by the way. I don't play the game. In Five Card Stud, you're dealt five cards. That's thus five-card stud. 
Uh, you're catching on quick. All right? Now, with these five cards, these are the five cards you have to play. It's not like, well, I don't like these three. Give me three more. Or I'll keep this one. Give me four. That sort of thing. The, this is it. This is it. And so this is kind of a, this is kind of how life can also be. You know, we're dealt a hand. Each and every one of us is dealt a hand. And we have to play that hand. It's a matter of how are we going to play the hand that we are dealt. How are we going to do that? The message today is basically playing the hand that you were dealt. It's a metaphor for life, just like this hand of poker. The first thing that we need to understand about these five cards is that they are all flawed. They all have issues. Why? Because of sin. Sin affects every one of these cards that's up here. All five of them. It changes them. It corrupts them. You know, nothing, nothing's perfect. Everything's broken, isn't it? We know the weather's broken. You know, my Wanda and I have been coming here, as Tim said, for many, many years, and we've always come in the fall or in the spring. One time we did come in the summer. It was quite warm. But we've never experienced an Ipswich winter. We've heard about them. We've heard you've got to rug up. You know, you've got to put on your galoshes. It's cold. <laughs> Moving on. I heard the three days of this winter that were really cold, unfortunately. We were doing 40 degrees in Italy, you know, so... Uh, uh, but if this is, if this is a, a, a bad winter, uh, I guess I don't want to really see a good one. Because this is, I mean, you know, I, I brought, we bought winter clothes and summer clothes, and, and I think I put on long pants. I think this is the third time since I've been here. But, you know, it's been, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, but we know that. The weather's broken. We know the economy is broken. Amen. Everybody can vouch to that one. We know that, that, uh, that nothing is perfect. Nothing works perfect. We know our bodies are broken. I, I know that more than ever right now as I stand before you. Uh, after doing a, that 5K run. Well, you, I had on, oh no, mine was red. 5K walk, well, that was enough. If I hadn't walked all over Italy, I probably wouldn't have made the 5K walk either. You know, we know relationships are, are imperfect. They're broken. You can't take two imperfect People stick them together and hope it to be perfect. It's just not going to happen. It's not reality. Nothing on this planet is perfect except one thing, and that's God's Word. That's the only thing that's perfect here. Everything else is basically broken. It's broken by sin, and, and that's what causes a lot of the problems. This is, you know, it's, it's only perfect in heaven, and this is not heaven. Everybody said, praise God for that, you know. Uh, th there's, a, there's other things that go on with these cards. The second thing that we know is that God sent Jesus as our Savior. Amen? And we're so thankful for that. To not only save us from sin, save us into heaven, save us out of hell, but really to save us from ourselves. To save us from ourselves. He's the one that transforms these cards. He, ch he changes each one of these. As we get into it, you'll see it's only Jesus who will make the changes in these cards in our life as they affect our life. The third thing that the Bible teaches is that one day we'll give account, as I said earlier, on how we played 
these cards. So take a look at this today, five factors. The first thing we want to look at, first factor has to do with my chemistry, okay? My chemistry. And that's my first card right here, chemistry. Good old two of spades, great card. And how this works in my life. Well, what is it? That's my DNA, that's my genetic makeup, it's my, you know, things I inherited from parents. It's all those, that, like the chemistry part of me and how I'm put together. You know, it, it sometimes pre, uh, uh, pre-sets or, or sets some things into me. My chemistry can make me sometimes very sensitive to pain. You know, I'm hypersensitive to pain. You know, the old princess and the pea thing. You know, other people are, you know, they smash their thumb with a hammer and all they do is they just keep on moving and you wonder how could you possibly have just done that and not be like rolling around on the floor. You know, some people have a hard, I have a hard time when I cut my fingernails. I just cry like a baby. You know, it's tough. You know, some people have energy level issues. You know, you have people that are just naturally have low energy levels. How many low energy levels we got in here? All right, we got a couple honest people. I know who the high-energy people are. Uh, you know, Tim was born with a high-energy level, and it's awesome. He's got all that extra energy to burn. Young people, you have high-energy levels. I asked a couple of the young ones here, and I appreciate them being here with us this afternoon. You know, what would you learn from the Daniel plan? Oh, you don't need it. <laughs> well, well, go ahead and get started. You know, that's what matters. <laughs> You know, some people are, are kind of predisposed to have back problems, you know, or, you know, some of us wear glasses because we have weak eyesight. We wear hearing aids because we have weak hearing, you know, uh, it just goes on and on. Some of us have all of the above. Yeah, it just comes uh, with, with life. But you know what? There's nothing right or wrong about any of those things. It's just how you're wired. It's just how you're put together. You know, we, we read about people that live to be in their, in their 90s. You know, I, I knew one gentleman uh, who was quite elderly. He's still, you know, perfect hearing, great eyesight, you know, was able to still get around, walk, communicate, do all those things. And I thought, wow, that's just awesome. It's just a genetic makeup. It's his chemistry that works well. There's one chemical that, that's been studied quite a bit, and it's called oxytocin. Anybody ever heard about oxytocin? Uh, oxytocin is a bonding chemical. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's out there. And what they did is they did a, a, a study in prairie voles. In, in America, we have these little critters that live out in the prairie. They're called prairie voles. And uh, they're monogamous. They mate for life. And what they found out is that they have this high level of oxytocin, which is the bonding agent. Even when the mate passes away, they do not go seek out another mate. You know, I think the kookaburra, I think your kookaburra is... Uh, is the same. Is that not true? No, it's not true. We don't know. Nobody's ever followed a kookaburra around for life to see. Uh, well, I expect to know that next trip. But anyway, um, yeah, that there are there are other animals in the kingdom with the with the little prairie vole. What they did is they lowered the level of oxytocin in the prairie voles, and they started like got friskier than rabbits. You know, so they know that that's the connecting thing. But there's other things that this chemical will do to you. And it has to do, again, with chemistry, as we're talking about here. And it's re- oxytocin is released when a mother nurses a baby, bonding. It's released when husband and wife have re- sexual relationship, oxytocin, bonding. They even found out that if you, 
You, if you have a dog and you haven't been able to bond, pet your dog for 20 minutes. They say within that 20 minutes it will release oxytocin in both the owner as well as in the dog and there'll be a bonding that takes place. One of the reasons why I think our chihuahua loves my wife better than me. <laughs> Even though I feed him. But if you have, what, why am I bringing this up? Because again, with chemistry, it can cause other, like problems, cause situations in our life. What we find is that if you have low levels of oxytocin, you really have a hard time connecting with people. You know, you, it's just like you're not, you're not that person that's just like the greeter at the door. And is that wrong? Or right? No, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just the way that you're wired. It's just how you're put together. But some people, it can cause them problems. You know, they, they have trouble with the, the social side of their life. You know, and, and they wonder, what's wrong with me? Well, there's really nothing wrong with you. You know, I mean, all of this can be corrected. It totally can. But if you want to write this down, put no flaw is sinful or shameful. No flaw is sinful or shameful. It's just the way that you're wired, your genes. You know, and, and that's what makes us all unique. We know for a fact that artists will purposely put a flaw in a painting. You know, because why? Because it's a one of. There's no other painting like it. A potter will take a piece of pottery and create a flaw in it on purpose to make it a unique piece of work. And that's the way we're put together too. God has created each of us very, very unique. We all have our own sets of what we call flaws. But you know what? They're not bad. They're not bad. No flaw is sinful or shameful. We even read in the Bible that God uses these things. He's used them in people, and he'll use them in you, and he'll use them in me. And the Apostle Paul called them uh, his thorn in the flesh. He had some kind of a flaw. We don't really ever know what it is that was wrong. Was it physical or mental or what it, what it was with Paul? There's a lot of speculation on it. But here's the thing is that when he went to Galatia, in the book of Galatians, chapter 4 and verse 13, he says this. You remember, he says, you remember, you guys, that it was an illness. It was because of an illness that I came to you. That I came to you the first time, he says, preaching the good news. It was because of an illness that I came to you the first time in, in Galatia. And so we know that, that God used Paul's illness to further the gospel. Isn't that amazing? And you think, well, you know, I, I've had people tell me, you know, well, you know, Scott, or, you know, when I was, I do a lot of counseling, you know, pastor, you know, God can't use me. Well, why? Who told you that? Did God tell you that? Or did man tell you that? Did life tell you that? Who says he can't? God can use every situation, can he? We read it in the word. Everything can be turned to make for his glory. All right, so we know that chemistry, it, it creates a lot of our character. Let's move on here. The second thing that we talk about is, in our second card that we're dealt, has to do with connection. My connections. You know, some people are very connected. Some people, not so much connected. My, connect, my relationships is what we're talking about here. How am I, how do I deal with that? How do I deal with my connections in life? My chemistry and now my connections. You're a product of your relationships. We all know that. The first, 
I think uh, from ages two to six, they say are the most formative years that have to do with relationships uh, as, uh, as we grow up. Now, those relationships can be very positive. They can be very negative. Amen? Isn't that the truth? You know, they can be good. They can be not so good. But regardless, every one of us in this room had went through that period of time, and relationships have formed our lives. There's studies that show that, that, uh, that, they, that uh, the big part of your identity has to do with your relationship, and it's determined by that. Because why? Because we are very much affected by what we think people think of us. Very much. It really, it really affects us a lot. What do people think of us? And, and, you know, and, and so we spend a lot of energy and a lot of time trying to make sure that we're going to send out a very positive image so people will think well of us. You know, that's a good thing. So we'll have that good, strong self-image. And the thing is, is it doesn't always come back positive. It doesn't always come back with what we want. That's why we tell people, you know, the best friend you could ever have is Jesus. Why? Because Jesus loves you unconditionally. Jesus will never give you the negative slant on who you are. He's always an encourager. He's always positive. But self-image plays such a big part in, in forming us all the way from, from the time we're very, very small. To, I mean, our whole life is, it deals around this. So, like, some people are very self-confident, so therefore what? When they walk into a room, you know, the room uh, changes. Uh, I, I know that because I live with somebody like that. I see your heads doing this. I can see you now. Oh, that works good. I just need a visor. Uh, you know, they walk. It's like, you know, they walk into the room and, okay, let's get this party started, you know. You know, other people walk in the room and they, and they feel like they're invisible. So why is that? Well, a lot of it has to do with that self-confidence. Uh, you know, the first person that I saw, really saw, when we walked up to park to park, and I mean this with all my heart, was Tim. <coughs> Why? Because he's right there. Hey, whoa, whoa, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, you're just all over the planet, you know? <laughs> and it's awesome. It's a great, it's an energy thing. I mean, I would have probably only gone 3K if I hadn't run into him first. <laughs> because my wife was way back there. But, it, you know, you just, you know people like that that just have that, they have that kind of, that confidence in them to do that. And it's like, well, why? Well, because, you know, I'm not here to find out what people really think about me. I want to basically tell people what I think. Not about them, but you know what I'm saying. So, many times, it's just important for us to always keep that in mind. Life is all about relationships. In Matthew chapter 22, you know, we read the story, and I know you're familiar with the story, as, as the, uh, the lawyer, young man, walks up to Jesus, and he, and he asks him that question, Jesus, what's life all about? What's it really all about? And Jesus says what? He answers him back, and he says, life is all about love. And I'll sum it up in very, very short terms here. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love. That's life in a nutshell. We have to be able to know how to, how to make that work. We can summarize it that way. So we know that, that we need to be able to make connection. We need to be able to, to love. We need to be able to feel connected. When we feel disconnected from God, we feel disconnected from people, unfortunately what that generates in us is fear. Fear. 
Fear is not a good thing. Fear will either motivate you or it will cause you to freeze in your tracks. But we do know that love is the key to everything. And God, you know, keep, you know, and we know that about the separation issues, again, because we look at the first relationship that we read about in the Bible, which is Adam and Eve. You know, they were very much in love. They're in the garden. We know the whole story. God says, you know, you can do everything you want. Don't worry about it, but don't eat that, don't eat that fruit. Don't eat from that tree. Now, why? God didn't give them 10 things to don't. He didn't give them 20 things to don't. He only gave them one thing to don't. One. But why did he even give them that one? Well, because they had to. We are creatures of choice. And, and love is about choice. If, if, I, if somebody says, I have to love you, that's not, and, I, and I love you, that's not love. I, I can choose to do that. So God's saying, you'll show your love to me by making the right choice, you see. Don't eat from that tree. Of course, just like any human nature is what human nature is, first thing they do is they go and they do what they're told not to do, the one thing. And what does it do? It caused separation. It caused a disconnection from God. It caused a disconnection between Adam and Eve. And, of course, as we know in the story, Adam being the man that he was, he takes it like a man, and he blames it on his wife. Any good man will do that. You know, God, it was the woman you gave me, right? Now, not only does he blame it on his wife, he blames it on God. You know? If, you know, before you put this woman in my life, I was doing pretty dinky die. I mean, I was, you know, I was doing fine. Yeah. And, and so it's a blame and shame game. It's the shift game, and we've been doing it ever since. And, of course, then what do they do? They go and they get fig leaves and they sew them together or whatever they did, and they, made, they cover it up. Why do they cover up? Did God tell them to cover up? No. What told them to cover up? Sin told them to cover up. Cause separation, you see, disconnection. And that is a big, big problem. As I said, it creates fear as well. Dis disconnect creates fear. And fear is something that we have to overcome. How do I overcome that? You know, if, I'm, if I walk into a group and I feel disconnected, I'm fearful of the group. You know, we overcome that through action. And it's very plain. You know, when the Israelites came up against the Red Sea, they were cornered, they were hemmed in. You know, they had no place to go. They were full of fear. But what did they have to do? They had to act on what God said to do. They had to strike the Red Sea. It parted. They crossed over. When you come to the Jordan River, you know, which is the people, again, entering into the promised land, the promises of God, and they say, we've got to cross this river. How do we do that? You do it by acting. You step in. Step in. Take that step of faith. And guess what? The water's backed up, and they were fine. So that's how we overcome that fear that can so much hinder our identity for life. Fearfulness, being afraid. Next thing you know, you're afraid of people. You're afraid of everything. Well, God says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Step in. Take a step. Third card. My circumstances is his third card. My circumstances, all right? How many of you have circumstances? How many of you are under the circumstances? How many of us are above the circumstances? Well, I'm sorry, consciousness. That's all right, we'll be okay. I'll make it the fourth card. No, circumstances. Or, uh, you know, 
Who would I have? Oh. Hold it. It's a bad deal. Renig. Da, 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 da. This is the part of the magic act. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. I'm going to change. Ah, there we are. Let's do the eight of clubs. Circumstances, how are we now? All right. And we got it now. Circumstances. So, you know, all of us have them. You know, we're born into them. They're the things that we cannot control. They're the things that happen. They say that circumstances is kind of like, you know, life. What life is the thing that happens when you made other plans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just really what it's about. Uh, you know, you can't control these things. You cannot, uh, you can't, you know, because uh, you don't even know they're coming most of the time. You know, you, you don't, you don't, you didn't choose chemistry. You didn't choose a lot of situations in your life. Circumstances. What is that all about? You know, if you, if you grew up, and again, in your relationships, and they weren't good, that's something you can't help. Um, if you experience rejection, again, that will affect your identity. Those are circumstances, those are issues. If you, if you go through a series of failures, uh, major failures in your life, that can affect your identity. Again, circumstances. Circumstances. We have no control over them. They're very very frustrating but in Christ we do I have a couple of very close friends that um, we served in the military together and they, they served tours in Vietnam and they suffer from this dreaded uh, thing called PTSD you know we went through grammar school together, high school together graduated high school, spent maybe a couple years in college together and then we all got drafted or whatever happened and we all ended up in the military and the, you know and they left we left, and when we all came back, they came back different. Now, that, that war is 50 years old. And those, their experiences, their, their circumstances, the things they ran into at that time, things they had no control over, changed their lives permanently. The ones that got through it are the ones that were able to grab a hold of Jesus, hang on to him, and, and put him in their life and say, you know what, in Christ I am a conqueror. I will overcome the situation. You know, it happened to me. It's my past. I'm going to leave it there and move on and become what God created me to be. I've actually had them say to me, Scott, if you'd have gone through what I've gone through, you'd be different too. And I said, you know what, maybe for a period of time you're right. But I've got Jesus Christ in my life. So you know what, yesterday is yesterday. You know, I'm not going to let it destroy my tomorrow. I tell people that all the time in counseling. You let yesterday push so hard on today that it actually will rob you of tomorrow. So let it be what it is. All right, now let's go on to that card that got turned over by mistake because the dealer wasn't, wasn't doing a very good job, and that's going to be my consciousness. These are my thoughts. These are the things that obviously... Uh, this, is, this is what goes on. I call it talking to myself, my consciousness, that thing that happens when I talk to myself. You know, all of you talk to yourself. You do it all the time. And, and you know, and, and, you, and if you say you don't, well, then, you know, you're lying. You do. You're constantly talking to yourself. But you also have to remember you're your toughest critic. You know, you're hard on yourself. You also have to remember that what happens in the consciousness are the things that were planted there maybe 
through, uh, through this one, through connections when you were young that were negative things that were planted in your, your thought pattern. And they stay in your conscious state. And so what happens is that pretty soon, you know, there are things that people said to you that got planted into your consciousness, but pretty soon you start repeating them. You see, and you start making yourself believe the lie. See? We not only talk to ourselves, we lie to ourselves. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. And then until finally we start believing it, and it becomes a truth to us, which is not really the truth. Habitual thoughts become your identity. You know, if you grew up and somebody said you're going to fail, you're never going to amount to anything, you know, you're an idiot, you're blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a good chance if you don't let something like the power of God in your life come over the top of that, you might just let all of that come to pass. Start, well, of course I failed. That's what they told me my whole life. Well, of course, I'm an idiot. My father told me I'm an idiot. You know, opinions by people, like we said earlier, that you really care about, the important ones, with, I know with myself as a son, my dad's opinion, man, it carried a huge impact. If he told me, I know you can do anything that you put your mind to, which he did, then I believed it. Now I'm just waiting for it to happen. But no, I believed it, you know, because he really sincerely meant that. And, and that's what's really important. We've got to put positive things in our consciousness. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks, so is he. Right? As a man thinks, so is he. Or Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. How many of you have your thoughts run your life? How many of you have your emotions run your life? How many of you make decisions based on what you're thinking and what your emotions tell you? How many of those decisions are good? All right. End of quiz. All right. That's what happens. We make decisions and we, we, let, we make life-changing decisions based on, on things that come from here that are reflections of what happened here and here and even here. So you see how all this comes together to, to, to form us in, in so many ways. And we need to really totally understand that. You know, we even get down to the situation with Job. All of us know what happened to Job. And in chapter 3, verse 25, he says this. He says, uh, you know, uh, he says, when, what I have always feared what I have always feared has happened to me what I have always feared has happened to me when what I dreaded has come to be or has come to pass self-fulfilling prophecy wow you see how powerful this can be and how it can really control your lives. Another thing for you to write down, feelings aren't facts. Feelings are not fact. Fact or feeling. Every once in a while when Wanda and I have a discussion and it turns into intense fellowship, I have to ask her, honey, feeling or fact? What am I dealing with here? Because again, you are wonderfully complex. So I have to simplify the situation so that I can win. No, so that so that I can uh, understand and I'll and I use this phrase a lot too. Help me understand. Help me understand because I'm I'm clueless right now. Feeling or fact. 
And somebody says, I feel unattractive. Well, does that mean you are? You know, I feel fat. Does that mean you are? I feel like an idiot. Does that mean you are? Feeling or fat? Hmm. Consciousness. We have to be careful. There's a whole other thing I could get into, but I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to move along. But um, another day. Now, we're going to get to this fifth card. The fifth card is a very important card. Is this card is all about choices. All right? All about choices. Life is comprised of choices. We have, uh, you know, the Bible says we're created in God's image. We, human beings. You know, cows weren't, cats weren't, dogs weren't, elephants weren't. You know, we were created in his image, but we're also created with the ability to make choices, moral choice. That's, that's something God gave to us. Other animals in the kingdom, they cannot do that. They function on instinct, not on choice. They function on what, what creation, how God created them to respond to certain situations in their habitation. We have choices to make. Choices to make. Choice to choose. Freedom to choose. And freedom to choose can be my, uh, my greatest asset, but also be my greatest enemy. Totally. And, you know, why? Because do I always make good choices? Sometimes I make very, very stupid choices. And, of course, there's always a price to pay for that. But the good news about this card is that it's the wild card. I know it's five-card stud, but we're playing with a wild card. This card is a wild card. It has the power and the ability to change the suit and the color of every one of the rest of these cards. All right? This, this card, the wild card. The wild card can change my chemistry, my connection, my circumstances, my consciousness. Choices. Choices. God gave us that. I can choose to be, to make right responses, to be responsible, to be response-able. God created me that way. Created you that way. And it's all about taking control of these other situations, not in my own power, it's like, okay, the Daniel plan. Take, think about the Daniel plan. The Daniel pan, plan is a different way of thinking about what you do, what you eat. You know, this is the end of the first cycle of Daniel plan. As, as Tim said, uh, my church back home, we started, I think, first in January. And uh, we got into it, and, you know, we, we really we went to the meetings and read the book and I love to cook, so I got, we got recipes together. And every Sunday, my wife and I would sit down, and we'd do recipes for the week, and we'd go do the shopping, because, you know, if you go to the store and you're hungry, you're not going to buy the right stuff, you know, or you're going to buy something to snack on while you're shopping for the Daniel plan. Not good. But, you know, what we found out is that <clears throat> over the course of time, energy levels went up. It did. They did. Ener every energy levels changed. Um, you know, I lost uh, probably 25 pounds, I mean, you know, if you can imagine, uh, uh, I'm still not small. I got a ways to go. 
my blood pressure went down from 140 over 80 down to 110 over 60. You know, that's all good stuff. Medications drop, you know, that you take or they're, you're done with them. Why? Because you start doing something different. You start allowing something to happen in your life. Different thinking uh, that takes place. So, you know, when we talk about the Daniel plan and, and we talk about the, the, how this card changes things, you know, the first thing again, what is my choice here, my chemistry? I can choose to be healthier. It's a choice I can make. You know, again, I, can, I, I know I'm, you know, I'm not a young person as I, anymore, but I'm not an old person either. But I can still remember when I was a young person. And I stop and think about the things I did to abuse my physical body. And you know what? Wow, what an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I did some stuff that was, I mean, just ridiculous. And, you know, fortunately, I was able to get away from all that stuff and, and, and maintain my health. But, you know, it's going to go. You know, you're not going to live forever. But you do want to stay as healthy as you can. I'm glad we started the Daniel plan because it also made me go out and start riding my bicycle around. You know, we, we walked all over Italy. I think we should have rented a car. <laughs> but we, and, and every place you go in Italy is uphill, so I'm not quite sure how we got back. It doesn't matter whether you're on Santorini or Cinque Terre or Greece or Turkey. It doesn't matter. You know, it's all uphill. It's all, and, and those, Ro I have long legs. Those Romans must have had long legs because the steps, not code. They're huge. Mandy was like having to kind of crawl up on one and crawl up on, you know, it was the poor, poor thing, it was just, it was, I, our heart went out to her. But, uh, but if it wouldn't have been for, you know, taking the, the initiative to do Daniel and get healthier, I mean, I would have missed a lot of the trip. I really would have. I wouldn't have been able to pull it off, especially in 39-degree weather. But there you go. So you choose to get healthier. You choose to do better things with your life. What about connections? What can I do? I can choose to change relationships. I can have better relationships, get rid of some of the other relationships that just aren't good for me. You know, if I don't have good relationship skills, maybe, you know, take a course and read a course and, you know, relationship, communication. You know, how do we do that? Or start thinking about the fact that, you know what, I'm just a different person in Christ Jesus. And so all those things that were, that were planted in my brain when I was little that affect this, that affect my identity and my self-esteem are things I don't need to have. I can work on that, can't I? Uh, why? But it's a choice. I still have to choose to do that. I have to take that initiative. I have to take that step. What about my circumstances? I can't control. I can't control, you know, who I was born to, where I was born. I can't control a lot of those kind of issues. I can't control my race. I mean, what, that's all things that are completely out of my control. But what can I really do as far as choices in this area of circumstances? You know, and that is not be under them. Not let them rule my life if they're negative situations. Think positive. Think in the, on the right zone, not in the negative zone. So there it again. That's a choice I can make. <coughs> and, and again, as I mentioned, in counseling people, you know, it's so hard to get them to understand this concept of making a choice that you, you don't have to let that situation that happened when you were 10 control your life now that you're 40. You choose to let it happen. I told one friend of mine, actually, I said, you know what? If this whole thing wasn't a part of your life, you wouldn't have an identity at all. 
problem is, is it's all negative. Your biggest fear is laying that down and then going, okay, now who am I? Yeah? Yeah. And I said, you're, you know, I'll t I can tell you who you are. You're a great guy. You have a lot going on for you, but you're so stuck over here. And it's just going to take your life away from you. So we can choose to make our circumstances different. What about this, my consciousness? Well, I can't choose what people say to me. I certainly can't choose what people say about me because, you know, that happens behind your back. You know? <laughs> but I can choose on how it affects my life. That's a choice I make. I can choose to not let it be something that repeats in my brain over and over again. Scott, you're an idiot. Scott, you're a failure. Scott, you'll never amount to anything. Scott, what do you think you're doing? Scott, you, you can't do that because you're going to fail. No, those are all, is that fact? Or is it feeling? Is it truth? It's not truth. That's not true at all. In order for me to be that all God created me to be, which is still my passion in life, I've got to make choices, choices that will overcome each and every one of these cards. I've got to play the wild card. I want to encourage you today. Play the wild card. If you're here today and you don't have Jesus in your life, you haven't put him on the throne, you haven't said, Lord, I surrender all to you because I want to be all that you created me to be. If you haven't learned how to depend on him, the Apostle Paul had to depend on, on Jesus, had to depend on his relationship because of his infirmity. And what did it do? God used him greatly, and he'll use you the same way he's used me, and I'm so blessed by that. Um, I retired as a senior pastor in December, and what I found out is senior pastors, when they retire, all that happens, they just come off the payroll. <laughs> Everything else remains the same. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. You don't walk away from ministry. It's always with you. It's always in you. And we have a lot of things to do to minister to people. So I take this card, my choices card, and I apply it over here, and it starts changing these cards. I want to change this card. Change it. I'll get rid of that card. Give it back to the lousy dealer. I let choices start to influence my connections and what I do about them. I let choices take over my circumstances and how I allow them to affect my life. Changing the cards. And finally, I let those choices take care of my conscience. And when I do that, I get dealt the winning hand, a royal flush. And you can applaud that if you want. That's what having Jesus in your life will do for you. That's what having him really take charge over every area of your life changes the suit and the color of every area of your life. My chemistry, my connections, my consciousness, my circumstances, all by making the right choice. Choose. Choose. 
and watch what God does for you. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Let's pray. If you're here, like I said, this afternoon...